And welcome to the Identity Podcast brought to you by Find Your ID NYC. I'm your co-host, Caleb, along with my fellow and lovely co-host, Tyreek. How's it going, Tyreek? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing, man? I'm just today, man. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> do, man. I'm just dandy. I are you are you lovely today? Dandy. dandy. I'm feeling lovely. And I'm glad you're feeling dandy. It's oh, it's you. it's like tis the season, right? All the holidays, <laughs> exactly. all the fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Tis the season. I think dandy has got to be one of my favorite words. It's a good word. Out there. Dandy is a great one. Um well, <laughs> well, thank you everyone for tuning in as always to the Identity Podcast. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at Find Your ID NYC, which we're live on right now. Don't forget to also follow us on Instagram by the same name and check out our YouTube page at the X Shows. And you can check out the Identity Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon, whatever you name it. We're on it. I can promise you that. Down below, find all that stuff. Pretty cool stuff. Um, this week's show, very exciting stuff, I should say. Very, very excited to not only continue our On Religion series as we are in the month of December, second show of December, and we are continuing. We'll be continuing that for the rest of 2020 and maybe even bits of uh, January 2021, which is really awesome. I know Tyreek and I are just honored that we've been able to continue this series. When we started it, we never thought... We, it would be such in high demand that we would have to continue to do it, which is just amazing. Yeah, but that's we so want true. to tackle it. It really is, and we want to tackle and we want to talk about, represent, and, and, and identify and reflect every single you know religion as much as we can. And so, uh, starting next week, we'll be getting into Buddhism a little bit. We might even talk a little bit about um, atheism by next year or so. Which is just really interesting being able to talk about um, every form of religion or, or maybe no religion at all. Uh, but it's it's really right. really really amazing that we're able to talk about this. But enough of me ranting. Let's go ahead and get into this week's <laughs> show. We have religious satire featuring Ali Silverberg, and she is the creator, the founder, the the awesome person that she is <laughs> of Jewish Girl Probs on Instagram. You might have heard of it. You might have seen it. You might have laughed with it. Pretty funny stuff. Pretty great stuff. Welcome, Ali. How are you doing today? Good. I'm good. How are you? Such a that was quite the introduction. I'll definitely <laughs> give you that. Thank Not you. used to getting an introduction like that. Well, welcome. We want to make you feel completely welcomed, and we're just happy that you have graced us with your time, and your presence. Oh. So, um, all of our viewers out there too, thanks for jumping in. Definitely hop in on those comments as well. Uh, we have a lot of fun stuff, uh, a lot of funny stuff because satire is always fun as well. Um, so yeah, do you want to start off with some identity stuff? <laughs> that's that's a very op obvious tagline, of course. Um, let's just give it a little bit about your name, where you are, where you're, you know, shout out to where you're, what you're doing now. <laughs> yes, totally. Uh, so as you all know, my name is Ali Silverberg. Uh, find a more Jewish last name, I dare you. Uh, <laughs> I am currently just north of Toronto in Canada, uh, and I currently work full-time on Snapchat's Bitmoji team, uh, which is fairly new. So that is my day job. Uh, and then we'll get a little bit into my side hustle and why I'm here after. <laughs> Indeed. Well, why you're here is uh, is a much bigger thing. And Caleb has always seen that. It's more about like, um, I guess Caleb can kind of say this too. It's more about how we found you, not why you're here. Because yeah. why you're here is really to present um, who you are to the depths of your being, um, you know, and, and whatever that may mean. Um, for this hour, we're just kind of talk about ourselves, talk about what we didn't know, what we didn't 
kind of understand about each other and kind of get to some happy medium that may identify people in ways that they didn't think they knew before. So um, I am curious about this Bitmoji thing because that is a form of creation. So um, if you did want to start off there, we could definitely go there and then peel ourselves back to your amazing content that you put out. Um, also, if, there's another podcast out there on YouTube that Ali actually graces um, her presence on. She talks about a lot of fun stuff. Um, a shout out to, I think his name is um, Tired Jews. I could be wrong if I'm oh, saying it incorrectly. Jews are tired. Jews yeah. are tired. Okay. That's out of the way worse than what I just said. <laughs> 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 but yes, definitely check that out as well. Um, she definitely spoke about some really fun stuff there. Um, so yeah, I guess, how do you identify yourself um, as a Canadian? How do you identify yourself as a woman? And how do you identify yourself as a, as a Jew? So we can just kind of step down those lines if you want. Or when, when your first experiences were. Um, yeah, I mean... I, I think a lot of people talk about like ranking those parts of identity. Like I know in the States, it's always been a huge, like whether you're an American first or an ethnicity first or religion first. Mm -hmm. I feel like in Canada, it's a little less prominent because, you know, when you look at American patriotism versus Canadian patriotism, it definitely looks different. <laughs> uh, so I definitely would call myself a, a, a Jewish Canadian or a Canadian Jew. It depends on the day. Uh, I definitely find myself more patriotic Canadian when I'm with people from other countries. Uh, when you're here every day, it's like, whatever, but you meet an American, you're like, you have to try Tim Hortons and all just chips. And why don't you have this food or whatever? Uh, so that's definitely where I feel the most Canadian, but, uh, I'd say out of the three, obviously being a woman is a huge part of my identity, but, uh, being a Jew is probably the largest part of my identity because it, what it's what sets me apart from most of the population. Uh, and it's how I was raised most prominently throughout my life. Uh, and I feel like being a woman really came further into play in later years when I started meeting Jews of other sects of Judaism. Mm -hmm. uh, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Judaism is a bit of a spectrum, just like Christianity and other religions. Uh, and I identify as a Reformed Jew uh, which is a bit of a newer movement, but still dates back to the 1800s, uh, where we really believe in egalitarianism and sort of a modern take on rules and rituals where you do much, what's meaningful to you. Uh, so not as traditional, uh, but still keeping, you know, all of the same traditions and whatever makes you feel comfortable. Uh, and later in life, as I started meeting people more outside of my like synagogue or closer community in other Jewish communities, you know, being a woman really came into the forefront just because uh, there are so many different rules for women in Judaism uh, that I wasn't used to because I was raised in more of an egalitarian community. So definitely being a Jewish woman is very important to me. Uh, and being a Canadian is honestly just lucky <laughs> and fun. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear that. Yeah, I guess I, I wasn't asking for too much on the Canadian thing because... <laughs> You know, just whatever, it's Canada. But I I, I, I appreciate what you're... Um, yeah, no, I, I, I am American. I'm from the States. I can't help it. I had to sneak, sneak that one yeah, yeah, shot out, out to Canada really quick. Um, Maybe I'm Canadian. I know, hey, you right? You guys can't play hockey, so it's fine. <laughs> I 
So yeah, um, I guess my my biggest question right now is, you mentioned something very deep, and I guess I wanted to talk to, uh, and juxtapose this with um, some of the great, wonderful things that you've done as a woman, as a young woman, just obviously breaking through with Snapchat. Um, some of your volunteer work, I wanted you to talk about some of those things as well, and how that's kind of identified you um, in that process. But I, you brought up something very, very valuable as well, where you said kind of your familial, fam, familial uh, community of Judaism was a little different from the outside sects of Judaism that you experienced, let alone the intersexualism that you've experienced in the much greater uh, yeah. environment um, on Instagram. So how have you been able to navigate yourself? Um, and I would love to hear more about reform Judaism as well, and obviously Ozzy Kanazi um, ancestry and stuff. So um, yeah, that's a bit of a mouthful of a question, but I'm just I'm just curious a little bit more about uh, how did that all begin, and you know, to, to some extent with you, how do you relate to others? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm definitely uh, more involved in the reform community than the average person. Uh, we have lots of youth organizations and other organizations that I was a part of for a long time, uh, so that definitely shaped a huge part of my identity, especially through high school. Uh, but when I started the Jewish Girl Problems page on Instagram, this was two years ago or almost two and a half years ago, uh, you know, I was still pretty much tight knit with like the reform community, but the, the name is Jewish Girl Probs. It's not reform Jewish Girl Probs. And when you look up Jewish on Instagram, I'm one of the first pages that pops up. Mm -hmm. That in itself, <laughs> that in itself means a lot of things for me. But uh, in one sense, it means that all Jews find me. And I've really had to shape uh, not just my content, but my personal beliefs and uh, just the way that I present my thoughts to people uh, in the public based off of, you know, being sensitive to so many other groups of people. Um, you know, not everyone was raised the same way I am. And I make it very clear on my page, like, I am a white Ashkenazi Jewish girl who was raised in Toronto and in the reform community and things like that. This is where my content spawns from. Uh, but I've definitely in recent months and in the last year, I've been trying to take in uh, reflections and thoughts from people of all different Jewish backgrounds who feel like they're not as represented uh, just because I don't want my page to only be a reflection of me since you know, now I feel like I have a duty to over 56,000 people. Uh, it's not my personal page anymore. And I kind of, you know, people see me as sort of some sort of authority on Judaism, which, you know, I never really prepared for. Uh, but I feel grateful enough that, you know, I have that opportunity and I have the resources to give people. Um, so, yeah, that was also a bit of a ramble and a mouthful. Uh, no, but I no, hit on some points there. Uh, that was exactly that was exactly right. I, I what I what I was gonna say was, it seems like obviously you don't see yourself as an authority on Judaism or you know you've done like a ton of research or you've held three thousand bat mitzvahs <laughs> for all your friends, <laughs> children or whatever. But um, but I do like the fact that you may at some point have become an authority of yourself of of who you knew who you were, mm -hmm. um, and that is what spawned it two years ago, but that's not what it is now. And I've experienced something this with Caleb as well, where originally we started the Identity Podcast 
and obviously identity is a very big thing in this topic of what you're talking about of kind of being like okay well i am jewish i'm a woman i'm coming from toronto like even those things like i've seen that you've kind of gotten above those things you're like okay like even i'm not boxed into these categories as well but yeah. having those identifiable foundational points about yourself created this you know i guess this shield for other people to kind of get behind as well you yeah. know maybe to start their own jewish girls solutions or whatever it may be you know at that point but um, <laughs> but yeah I, I i think that's that's everyone has kind of come on the show with a bit of their own tagline for this year um and i think we can kind of step into what uh 2020 has meant for you and your page as well um because this is your second year which makes this kind of like a bit of a, a a kind of a rapid thing or is it has it is it two years now or has it been two years it, it was two years uh, in May. So it's been okay. like almost two and a half years. Yeah, I started May of 2018. Okay, okay. So yeah, I mean, that, that third year is, is a charm, right? <laughs> but yeah. um, just, just goes into saying that now more than ever, and I um, just to piggyback a little bit off of some things you said in your podcast, so I do think that everyone should kind of jump on that, um, of how now we have much more of a, a global responsibility now as social influencers more than anything. And um, I wanted to ask, just from you being in the digital tech department, how uh, marketing has changed over time and social influencing has changed over time and how that, those identifying factors of, because you, you mentioned something about Gen Z, having um, a much easier uh, way to connect to people because they're relatable and human. Mm -hmm rather than like this pedestal of something that we right. were used to in the past. So um, have you seen that uh, marketing change um, yeah, over the past I, two years rather? Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, it it's kind of gone both ways in terms of influencer marketing. So as a side note, I worked for a year and a half at an influencer marketing agency. So I kind of was on both ends of the experience, uh, you know, trying to influence people myself and also working with much, much larger influencers. Uh, and it kind of goes both ways. There are influencers who are now celebrities uh, and are now treated like traditional celebrities, but there are also influencers who try to stay authentic to their audiences. And I think Gen Z especially is extremely and acutely aware to when someone's not being authentic. Uh, and honestly, a lot of influencers straight out being like, this advertisement helps my page. And, you know, if you choose to support me, you choose to support me. People are like, yeah, good job. Like I support you making money your own way. And uh, I think in that sense, it's really encouraging just, you know, a, a new generation of marketing that's not as deceiving. Uh, although people would say that influence marketing can be deceiving. Uh, I think more and more people are being upfront about, you know, the way they make money uh, and to keep the page running, to do the things that they love. Uh, so there's definitely been a huge shift in the last few years and everyone has seen influencer marketing take off. Um, so yeah, Jewish Girl Probs has dabbled in that a little bit, but uh, you know, it's not like I'm normally the face of the page. It's mostly just meme content, things like that. So uh, it's not like I'm a celebrity that's trying on skincare for everyone. It's more, mm. Uh, Jewish related content, things like that, that I feel is really valuable to my audience. Uh, and luckily, I mean, it's not my full-time job, so I'm not reliant on it uh, for my income, but it's so I can 
be picky about, you know, what I share about on my page, uh, which I think people are really grateful for. But at the same time, it's my uh, privilege to do that. That's beautiful. Yeah, um, I, I kind of, while you're speaking, I, I had a thought. Um, what are your thoughts on maybe the shift of once it becomes fully monetized, uh, monetized, is that the right word? <laughs> Monetize, I gotta, get my, I gotta yeah. get monetized. My apologize. My apologize. <laughs> monetize. Uh, <laughs> do you think that once it uh, fully becomes monetized, that um, you start to lose a little bit of yourself, or um, or maybe kind of what you explained earlier, which is being completely transparent with your marketing plans, is almost like a a much more telltale sign to getting success than anything else. Yeah, I think honestly, just being as transparent as possible is like the best way to connect with your audience. Uh, I mean, obviously there are influences out there who are not authentic, uh, but you see that reflected in their performance, uh, which I think a right. lot of people uh, don't necessarily realize, but you know, it, people can tell when you're not being authentic and right. they're not gonna go out and buy that thing if they don't believe you. Uh, so obviously, you know, marketers can be tricky and I was one of them for a while. No uh, way. <laughs> so yeah, like I, I was definitely there like marketing whatever wine brand to whatever bachelorette was on the, the next on the roster. But, um, wow. you know, I, I mean, I'm thankful to do this now where I'm, I feel like I'm making a difference every day yeah. uh, in, in, a, in a positive way. Um, I'm not sure if that really answered your question, but that was kind of no. my thought behind it. No, it totally does. Um, it totally does. And I'm glad you're doing more positive digital stuff. <laughs> <as well. laughs> Shout out to that, that, that documentary that we recommended, um, everyone that's that's watching now, um, The Social Dilemma, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yep. God. Yeah. That's <laughs> definitely uh, the rabbit hole for that one. Definitely take yeah. a look at that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's something to, like you said, using your talents to actually help people. And I, I really do feel like you are creating a platform for others. Uh, I saw you said uh, that you mentioned that within your immediate uh, photos in your group, because you have a bunch of meme templates um, that I think is also a really good thing for all of our entrepreneurs that are trying to just like get some of those theme pages out. Um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with theme pages or what that really means. I've done marketing as well, so I'm a little familiar with it. Um, and actually our bigger marketing ag agency does a bit of its own content. We've never really done theme pages. So I was curious about hearing some of the things you were doing, but um, yeah, it's, it's interesting when it's, we can kind of come together upon an idea and not a person because you're not really influencing yeah. people with like your, I, yourself, but you're influencing yeah. them with ideas, um, which is its own identity in of itself. And I think Jewish Girl Problems has its own identity. And I appreciate that sometimes you're just like, yeah, that's a page that's like something you can go look at and click and whatever, but I'm an actual person. So yeah. I wanted to know um, some more things that you're doing, um, maybe with the volunteering or just kind of some projects that you're working on separate from Jewish Girl Problems. Yeah, totally. I mean, yep. at the moment, Jewish Girl Problems takes up a decent really? amount okay. of my time. And uh, I started my new job two months ago. So especially right. with COVID, you know, uh, so much has not been happening, but uh, all throughout high school and university or college, as you would call it, uh, I was always really involved with different Jewish organizations. And uh, in Judaism, it's such a big uh, part of the religion to give back. We call it tzedakah, which means charity. 
Uh, and one another Jewish value is tikkun olam, which means to repair the world. Uh, so a lot of Judaism stems in social justice. So I've been grateful to be a part of a lot of those projects. Um, I think COVID has put a little bit of a halt on more of the global social justice movement and more focusing on local. Uh, I think we've been really grateful to, you know, just like, especially in the Jewish community, if someone needs a place to say, if someone needs food, like it's done. Uh, if you reach out to one person, they'll know someone and they'll know someone. Uh, so that's always like when someone asks me why I love being Jewish, the biggest part is the community. You automatically feel connected to somebody. Uh, I mean, no matter, you know, the sex that divide us, uh, at the end of the day, we're all Jewish people uh, as the world sees us. So um, I've been really grateful to be a part of a lot of those in Toronto, but as well around North America in previous years. Um, but yeah, talk to me after COVID and we'll definitely have something bigger <laughs> going on. No, um, indeed, indeed. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't yeah. mean to put you on the spot. No, I no, know that, no worries. I, I know you had done a lot of that work, so I, I just wanted to bring some highlight that, you know, even these in these times where we feel like we don't have enough that we can still kind of do some something for others. Um, and I, I, I see that um, maybe that question was positioned in a, an odd way, but you don't understand how wonderful being in that community really is. And just having that support system where it may be a little more, you know, easy or easily accessible to do these type of things as a, as a group, as a family, and as a much mm -hmm. larger organization. Um, it definitely sets a lot of structure and gives that support that we need. And I think a lot of the stuff that we've, speak, we've spoken about during this religious kind of awakening of these mm -hmm. two months with the podcast has kind of shown that um, spirituality and religion gives the backbone to a lot of the most phenomenal things that we've ever seen. Um, right. it's, it's almost like um, it's very faith-based in the sense that we have to believe in ourselves, our community, and our surroundings to get to where we want to go. So I was just encouraging you that obviously whatever you put your hands to is going to be awesome. Thank um, you. So, um, so yeah, we look forward for those things as well. And also, um, uh, Kayla's request for more Hawaiian shirts for Bitmojis. We're all looking yes, forward to that. definitely. Um, I'll bring that uh, up for sure. <laughs> that's that's going to get you promotion, I'm, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to shout out Kayla from that one. You're like, oh, sales went up, snaps up, stocks are up. <laughs> Mine shells are up. Yeah. Um, well, one day. <laughs> one day. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, but yeah, I, I I guess we can like get a little bit into our own identifying. Uh, oh, sorry, I just went out a little bit. Into our own identifying aspects. So I'm currently in New York. Um, everyone probably knows that. So I wanted to open that up as well. And I actually do see a lot of our Jewish community. Um, I grew up with quite a bit of the Jewish community in, in my high school years. And so I went to a bar mitzvah. Uh, I didn't catch any bar mitzvahs, but I did go to a couple of bar mitzvahs. And that was a very interesting experience. I often talk about, um, so there's so much interesting aspects to that age and that time of your life. And mm -hmm. this goes back to community and identity. Um, you, you received your own bar mitzvah, of course, right? I did. I was like, I'm sure you enjoyed it, but specifically with the bar mitzvah, I always realized that, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in Jewish tradition around that time, the gifts that are given to the children are not necessarily like birthday gifts. They're usually like investments or, or, or something that can mature over time. Yeah. And I've always, um, especially now, and I've actually encouraged a lot of our, 
our viewers to start investing in stocks and real estate and just kind of think out the box. But that specific time zone, if you think about when they invest at 13, and by the time you're 18 to 21, you've already matured your investment in the past five years, which is normally that first cutoff point when you realize some really mature, uh, the maturity of some of your investment yeah. or allocations. So I, I just, I just love that, you know, these, these little nuggets that are part of, you know, um, Judaism, let alone some of the much bigger things and the bigger concepts that we actually discussed on our show. Um, I hope you take a look at some of our other good friends that we're going to bring on and we want to bring you on as well. Um, Jude Crazy, he's, um, it's two brothers that have this TikTok uh, and they just do a lot of different fun stuff. They fight, you know, all types of internet trolls that come at them for Judaism. And <laughs> some of the things that we talk about as well. Cool. Um, but they're very, very cool people. And of course, we're going to surprise some of our guests with some new stuff. So we'd love to have you on at that time too. But they kind of went to, to the depths of, um, you know, because they're, they're Hasidic as well. So they both, you know, they wear yarmulkes, they, they practice um and they, they pray in the synagogue and you know a lot of different stuff like that so they they went into detail about certain things so i was wondering since tomorrow's the day it is if you wanted to do us a little bit of a hanukkah uh opening <laughs> and just explain to us a little bit what it means to you and how has it been in your family and how's it yeah I totally i mean i'm so excited for hanukkah that starts tomorrow uh tomorrow night it starts at sundown uh so I don't know if they mentioned, but so Hanukkah is technically not one of our major holidays. It's more of a festival uh, because it's not mentioned in the Torah, which is like our Bible. Um, but because of the correlation between Hanukkah and Christmas time, it's obviously become a little bit commercialized, but I'm all into yet on the fun. I have decorations on my house. I have all the nine yards, especially this year because we can't go out. I wanted to really mm -hmm. deck the house and, uh, some like dreidel decor, some menorah decor. Uh, so it looks really cute. But uh, with my family, I mean, we've always celebrated it, uh, you know, pretty, I'd say traditionally, but, uh, you know, we make latkes together, which are potato pancakes that you fry in oil. So fried potatoes can't be bad ever. Uh, and every night we light the Hanukkah or menorah, which is you know, the thing with nine candles and there's the one taller one and you light it each night, you say a prayer. Um, and, you know, we, when I was younger, I would get like eight little gifts each night. Now we just gift like classic Christmas, give something nice to your family sort of thing. Um, but it's really something nice that brings us together each night for eight nights. Um, I think some, something similar we do is celebrate Shabbat every Friday night. Uh, which is the day of rest, and that's once a week. And especially during COVID, my family is really uh, kind of honed in on the nice little ritual and making a nice little dinner, lighting some candles, saying a few prayers, uh, just because, you know, we used to do it when I was younger and kind of lost track as we got older, as I went to school, as we used to all started working, and uh, COVID has really brought that together. So that's why I'm really excited for this Hanukkah, because it just feels a lot homier and my family feels a lot closer. Um, and you'll see all of my decor and traditions on Instagram. Uh, sorry, my AirPod fell out. Uh, but <laughs> you yeah, said it was going to so happen. <laughs> I said that was going to happen. My left ear is much taller than You're my right ear. <laughs> told us everyone, so don't be mad. She told yeah. us it was going to happen. Um, but yeah, Hanukkah's tomorrow and I'm hyped. 
Right. That sounds awesome. That really sounds awesome. Um, I love I love that you kind of said like, yeah, it, it used to be kind of a gift giving thing. I know a lot of uh, Christian um, people that are listening or maybe some Muslims are just like, well, I didn't I had no idea. But um, I know that sometimes it's compared to the the super Christmas of <laughs> getting a gift for eight days. Yeah, but, um, I think just, even traditionally it wasn't a gift giving holiday and it just right. with the correlation with Christmas. We really wanted those gifts. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, but I, I do appreciate it and, and the theme. And I'm, I'm curious, like, and I love how you tied it into this year as well, of how this particular year, and I think this is going to be kind of something across all the boards where everyone's going to be experiencing this, where these, these much tighter knit Christmases or mm-hmm. these tighter knit, you know, Kwanzaa, anyone that's still separate, celebrating that out there um but just during this time period of from the thanksgiving to you know january where things are very tough and wintry and just like a lot um it's very interesting to still see these staples and these traditions kind of push through and i much it, we almost appreciate it more but um it's a lot of what hanukkah is is appreciation and uh, appreciation of survival and really fighting for what you live and and yep. for, for what you believe in you know so I well, think a lot that's... of people say that every Jewish holiday is they tried to kill us, we survived. Let's oh, see. Oh God! See, there, there she goes. <laughs> every with those... Jewish holiday. <laughs> she goes with those memes. That's perfect. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. I agree with that. Um, and honestly, what a better way to identify yourself than like we're survivors. Let's survive and eat together. You know, let's mm-hmm. let's feast. You know, and I, I think that's that's something we can definitely <laughs> take to so many yeah. different aspects. Um, so yeah, I did you have any questions, Caleb? I was gonna pull um, up one of her memes or so. Yeah, but... go ahead, pull up. Go go ahead and pull up a meme. Um I know that let's see here. Um I know that we kind of talked about talking about anti-Semitism a little bit. And um and I know Ali, you said that you would you would you like to talk about that and, and um you tried to bring that up. Um throughout your page and everything. So I'm kind of curious um, how that started with, did, did, was that kind of one of the big influences into creating the page overall or um, how, how how has that kind of uh, reflected into um, everything that, that you've created today? Totally. I mean, it definitely wasn't a reason why I started the page. I, the page was more about the fact that I, I found the handle that wasn't taken. Uh, I felt like I was in the right moment, time, right identity to start mm-hmm. Jewish Girl Prods. Uh, but I really I, I don't think I was expecting any any anti-Semitism until a few months in. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I the first incident happened, I think I was at 5,000 followers. And it was probably, I'd started the page in May, and this was probably in November. Um, and again, a, like, a, trigger warning for anyone who would be triggered by anti-Semitic uh, comments and things like that. Um, but there was like random troll Instagram that took like a screenshot of Jewish girl probs and like Photoshopped Hitler all over it. Uh, and I had like never really experienced like any form of anti-Semitism in my life. I grew up in a very tight knit uh, Jewish community. Uh, and that was just never really a problem I had faced out in the public. So when that happened, I obviously freaked out a little bit. Uh, my parents definitely freaked out. They wanted me to go to the police. I went to my local police and they were like, 
what do you want us to do about it? This is Instagram where you're local police, like you can file the report, but it was generally useless. Uh, Instagram's algorithms aren't really good at taking these things down, especially when like it's not a post or things like that, or you can't find the real person. Uh, so after I kind of calmed down the first time, uh, you know, you report, block, I screenshot everything. So I have a, an accident report, I guess you'd say, of everything that's ever happened. And unfortunately, since then, it's happened a lot more often. I'd say at least a couple of times a month you know, trolls will find me or even regular people will find me and start even harassing people in the comments and, mm -hmm. you know, saying awful things about the Holocaust or Jews, just like tropes that I thought went away 60 years ago. And it's just weird that like internet culture has brought it back up when, with pe when people find that they have like that face of anonymity behind a screen, it really just lets them let loose. And, uh, I've, I've tried to fight back, but honestly, in most cases, my rule is don't feed the trolls because they're giving them what you want. Uh, I know lots of people who are very good at it, and I commend them for that uh, till the cows come home. But uh, in terms of my mental health and my sanity, uh, I kind of have my process and only once in a while will Instagram take it down. Like, I, I think I have a screenshot somewhere of someone literally commenting, I'm going to bomb a synagogue. And then Instagram comments like there was no threat of violence in this comment. We couldn't take it down. <laughs> so again, it's things like right. that. <laughs> yeah, it's not a human looking at it, and I'm sure if Instagram saw that they, you know, take care of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, it happens, and I like to talk about it because I think people just yeah don't realize. You know, like I'm here running the page and uh, making sure that it's a safe space for everybody. So. I really just do the best I can by myself and uh, and I've learned to just let it roll off my back, let the trolls roll off. Right. Yeah. That's that's how it, I mean, you have to you have had to have breaking past that 5000 because look how where we are right now, you know, <laughs> so I, I do think you've quite rolled with it and almost made 10 times as amount. So I can only imagine, you know, like more success there's more haters <laughs> i'm sure that's going to keep happening yeah, exactly. but i do think um you know in the spirit of, of the jewish tradition you survived you're here you know yeah. let's just keep feasting let's just keep going um 100%. I, I did want to um stop real quick because you had we had a comment did you want to put that up caleb yeah yeah um thank you for ali for sharing that with us you know and i i think um let me get over that's not <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can address that for sure. <laughs> That's not the question I mean, I'm going to click on, but, but. I found some really niche Jewish artists that uh, <laughs> can definitely need some attention to. Uh, obviously, I love me some Drake and Lenny Kravitz, but. Yeah, we should read the question for anyone that's just listening uh, on audio. Um, as a fellow Jew, how much does Drake and Lenny Kravitz do you listen to? Listen to. Is what the question was. Um, yeah, that's pretty funny. That's um, there, there but, are other questions. My bad. I did not mean to click That's on. not the one that we thought we was going to do. My screen uh, like kind of uh, froze up. Oh, yeah. Um, Shout out to Color Glow, Color Co as well. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going to be starting also some sponsorships and anyone that has merch and stuff. So definitely head us up. Obviously, you know how to reach us. Um, we'll talk about that later. 
But um, that, that, that was Anyways, a comment. question. <laughs> question. Comment. Uh, yeah, so this is this is Ali. This is actually Dreamcast. I was telling you about. Shout out to Dreamcast. Uh, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> what's your favorite Jewish holiday, he asked. That's a good question because we have so many of them. Uh, and obviously Hanukkah is coming up and fried food is just my favorite thing. Um, but I did mention this already, and I guess it kind of counts as a holiday. Uh, where we have Shabbat once a week, where you just kind of want to sit back, relax, and reflect on your week. Um, you're not really supposed to do work and things like that. Obviously, there are exceptions I make to the rule, but uh, like I mentioned during COVID, it's really brought my family together. Uh, my mom's learned how to bake challah, which is like this Jewish braided egg bread that we have every week, which is delicious. Uh, and we've started to bake it from scratch during COVID. And it's something that, uh, you know, my family, like once you smell it downstairs, it's like this homey feeling. And uh, it's just like, we're so grateful we get to do it once a week. Uh, we have an excuse to just, you know, be together. Uh, and so even for non-Jewish people, like I always be like, hey, like, you know, if there's one day a week, you wanna shut your phone off. Like on Saturdays, I I try not to post on Jewish Girl Probs because there are people who do observe Shabbat by not using technology, but I kind of just use it as an excuse to give myself a break and, uh, you know, think about what I'm going to do next week and things like that. What what uh, what was so good about last week and what I can do better. So, um, yeah, I would definitely say Shabbat, but there are a lot of other small niche holidays that happen once a year that are definitely worth looking into. <laughs> okay. That's really cool. Um, we, we have several Several little things here. Uh, Kaylee actually says, have you ever heard of Logan Girl 543 on TikTok in her videos about Jewish American princesses? I don't think I have, but I don't know if this is a question about like the stereotype of the Jewish American princess. I can kind of touch on that. Um, I'll, I'll definitely look her up on TikTok later. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I mean, the stereotype's been around for a long time. Uh, I personally don't take offense to it because, it, you know, it just happens. Uh, I kind of like take it back and, you know, I'm the meme queen, the Jewish Canadian princess, whatever you want to call me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, there are definitely people who see it as a harmful stereotype and, you know, mm -hmm. the rich, spoiled uh, Jewish American princess, which is far from a large chunk of the identity of our population. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realize how many Jews live in poverty or even how many Holocaust survivors live in poverty. Um, so obviously it's definitely a stereotype that uh, doesn't help marginalize people of our community, but uh, I know a lot of people want to reclaim it and kind of just take it lightly and let it roll off their back for sure. Right. Yeah, I, I, I kind of wanted to keep along the same vein of just different stereotypes that may have been things that you've encountered. I know comments have been very difficult along your digital experience or your marketing experience, but I'm, I'm just curious, what's the, we, what's the biggest misconception that you've had about others? And what do you feel like the biggest misconception people have had about you? And it doesn't have to do with Judaism because we've kind of tackled that in a lot of different ways, but how do you, how do you feel about that particular question? Totally, I mean, the first thing I thought of when you said the people's biggest misconception about Jews was Jews run the media. I think mm -hmm. that was like, that was a, a big trend that was happening a few uh, months ago on Twitter that kind of came over to Instagram and 
everyone's like, hey, if Jews are running the media, like, why aren't I verified? <laughs> and, you know, people just like making light of these situations through humor, which is, I think, a very, very Jewish value of making, uh, you know, making jokes about a situation to show people we're still here and we can still laugh. Um, so definitely Jews don't control all the media. I can say that. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, but definitely misconception about other people. I have to think about this. I think, you know, a misconception that I had that I've learned throughout running the page is like, because I kind of lived in a sort of Jewish bubble, uh, a misconception I had was that there wasn't anything else. Uh, so I've really learned a lot about how other people practice Judaism and even non-Jews, what they want to learn about Judaism as well. Um, just like thinking that people wouldn't be curious was a misconception that I had because so many people want to learn. Uh, and not that everybody's enemies with us, but people really want uh, to just learn more, even if they don't identify as Jewish. Um, so that was a misconception. I, I'm definitely glad that I don't have any more and that running the Jewish Compartments pages definitely taught me. That's awesome. Yeah. I um I think there was there was a question and I, I guess that kind of ties into a little bit of the Drake Lenny Kravitz, but are you familiar with any other black Jews? I think that was the question that was asked. Have you encountered yeah, any other black Jews? Yeah. yeah. So I do encounter black Jews, especially because uh in the reform community it's uh, the conversion process and the intermarriage process is a little bit different than in an Orthodox community, although there are lots of Orthodox Black Jews. Uh, and same with, there are a lot of adopted kids and things like that. Uh, and I do watch them struggle with identity a little bit because, you know, a lot of Black Jews feel uh, very disconnected from any community. They don't feel like they belong in one or another. And that's definitely something that, uh, I wanted to start talking to people about on my page, even though, you know, like where do I cross the line between education and humor and how many people will unfollow me if I'm too educational and how many people will unfollow me if I'm not educational enough. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of diverging off the path a little bit. Um, but I definitely want black Jewish experience to be something that is more well-known than it is now. Um, and I think we're slowly working towards it, but we have a very long way to go, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that was too much of a tangent. I didn't mean to interrupt you while you were speaking, but yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed what you were saying there. Um, I think that question is, you know, kind of targets to a much bigger, you know, opening, like you said, that there's a lot of stuff that people just don't know, and, yeah. and they don't want to do the research themselves. Where else do they go to get it, you know? And, yeah. That puts you at a place where kind of what we spoke about before, where not only are people using your platform as a platform for them to kind of either meet other people, because imagine those 50,000 people meeting each other. I'm sure they'd never yeah. all meet each other at one point, but they're all gathering um, yeah. to watch your content. So that that definitely matters. But um, I, I think it's it's interesting to see that is there's a lot less similarities with <laughs> with Judaism than most people like to add. But at the same time, it's always just this big umbrella thing, like the Jews did this or yeah. the Jews run Hollywood or whatever yeah. it may be, you know, these much bigger things, you know, which I, you know, can speak on just as being an African-American or just being here. Um, um, basically, where there's always just like uh, black people do this or, you know, 
this yeah. is done by this or white people do that or whatever it may be. It's it's these much bigger blanket statements that are just like, you know, that's not what we're really here for. So I appreciate you being on, uh, explaining to us very um, deep things that you could know because, you know, this, this is what Lisa Bonet, she's half Jewish, um, yeah. Lenny Kravitz, and, and they do speak about having, um, feeling a little ostracized. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious, and, and I want to hear, you know, just to get a little nitty gritty as we're getting closer um, to some much darker things. Uh, I mean, to, to the hour, to get a little closer to some more darker things about the culture of it. I have heard and experienced, you know, this may be just a rumor that sometimes um, in Judaism, some others may feel like the Gentiles of other people, you know what I mean? Because we don't understand the knowledge of it. And I think given this time period where we can honestly explain ourselves, not only with your immediate community, but our audience that may not necessarily practice Judaism and some audiences that will you know, come to you on your Instagram page, will have that opportunity to, to laugh with each other. You know, and that's kind of what you were saying earlier. Like, honestly, I, I really feel like a religion has taken itself a bit too seriously over time. And not in, a, not in a negative way. I'm not telling yep. you blasphemous. Please don't unsubscribe to our channel, everyone. <laughs> I, I do just believe that what we have been firm believers on this show, you know, we don't necessarily knock anyone's religion. We don't support anyone's direct religion, but we do give space for people to be themselves. And I think that once we learn who the humans are that are worshiping this bigger deity, you'll see what powers them. And I think this speaks a lot to the, the kippah that, um, uh, our Jewish males wear and how humble we are to um, everything in this world. So I, I think that's very, um, very humbling to hear you talk about these things and to show that your community actually can actually become a much bigger thing. And uh, this is something that we introduced to Jew Crazy as well, um, that some of, the, some of the tasks that people do when they pray, when they first wake up, because he, he prays when he first wake up, wakes up, he washes his hands, some of those uh, original traditions and I was just like, you know what, honestly, not only during the COVID season when we have to wash our hands every five minutes, but um, it's just it's just interesting to always have that gratefulness as soon as you wake up yeah. in the morning. And I think that's something that can be practiced not only in one person's religion, but in just a lifestyle. And mm -hmm. I think I think having more knowledge of someone's lifestyle, regardless if it's connected to, like you said, a much more ancestral thing, because God forbid, you know, we're, we're very hap happy that your family is doing well princess or not, you know, there's a lot of families that did not um, mm -hmm. do so well because of uh, things that have happened in our past. So um, I think it's things to be celebrated. And I think that I appreciate your approach to satire. Um, I love satirists like Dave Chappelle or like people that talk about very big things in a very yeah. funny way. So I do think, you know, just to encourage you that it is very um, educational because Sometimes I've actually was still trying to bring up some of your posts. I'm going to bring them up soon, but there's some things I just don't even understand. Like you're just saying some, like some memes that I'm going to bring up. I'm just going to be like, I hope someone else gets it. But, you know, I'm realizing that um, <laughs> it may not be for me, you know, and I actually just support that. There's just such a big following behind it. I mean, there's so many likes and so many comments and so much there. I just want to learn more about it. You know, even if it doesn't directly reflect something that I'm experiencing. So I'm glad you feel that way because it, I, I do feel, you know, I, I'm always wrestling with like whether I should explain things more or not. And would that ruin the joke? And, you know, how many people would appreciate that? And uh, that really means a lot. I think I there's a way to be educational without being boring. Uh, so I, I definitely appreciate that. 
Yeah, sometimes those uh, the beginning of those bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs can be a little boring reading the Torah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend that actually fell asleep on his bar mitzvah. So yeah, you have to go to the synagogue. Yeah, we, exactly. We only play music. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, there, there you go. There's that plug. And it's, yeah. so, it's so interesting. Um, do you mind talking about some of the differences or how you practice Judaism a little bit? Um, sure. comparatively to some of your friends or some people that you've interacted with? Sure. I mean, uh, so in Reform Judaism, like I mentioned, almost everything's egalitarian. So that means, you know, men and women practice or can practice in the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess one mainstream uh, comparison I can make is, uh, you know, men have their bar mitzvahs and traditionally it was only men. Um, then in more modern times when women started to have bat mitzvahs, they would have at the age of 12. I'm not really sure the significance of the age one year younger, but uh, you know, it would be a little more of a ceremony, less like you wouldn't read from the Torah because that's more of a sacred act, but uh, it's still meaningful to a lot of people. Uh, whereas I had a bat mitzvah that was uh, exactly similar to my male classmates. Uh, so I was also 13. I also read from the Torah and, you know, there are Jews who would say that that's blasphemous, blasphemous. Uh, but most people I think are supportive of each other. Um, so I think that's one like mainstream way to kind of categorize it where we pretty much all practice uh, equally uh, and we really advocate towards like women's rights and religious freedom. Uh, there's this organization based in Israel called Women of the Wall, uh, not necessarily identify as reform, but the reform movement has a lot to do with them, uh, where it's a group of women who goes to pray at the Western Wall in Jerusalem, which is a sacred site for uh, Jewish people, which is also divided between men and women. And I'd say 70% of the wall is for men and the little 30% is for women. Um, and they go there to pray and bring a Torah because on the woman's side, you're not allowed to do that. And they're usually escorted out by the police. Uh, so yeah, they're the rabbinical- I didn't know that at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I was familiar with the Wailing Women though at the wall. Yeah, yeah sure. the Women of the Wall is a really cool organization, but uh, they're really fighting towards religious freedom uh, in that one sense and globally as well. Uh, and I think there's always been a movement towards trying to have like an egalitarian section at the wall for men and women to pray together, which, you know, I would be a fan of. It's something that I would feel the most comfortable doing, but uh, there are, you know, the powers that be in Israel that have more influence o over that sort of thing. Uh, people who are a little more traditional and have every right to be. Uh, so yeah, there's always that struggle, even like I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here, but something I always think about is, you know, what people don't see is that there's so much tension within communities of Judaism and we're arguing with each other or we're disagreeing with each other all the time. Yet when the world is talking about Jews controlling the media, they talk about Jews, period. They're not talking about reformed Jews. They're not talking about Orthodox Jews. Uh, and when they see us divided, it it's not really helpful to say the least and i think a lot of what i want to do on jewish core pods without you know without having any affiliation is trying to bring together a community to stand together against hate and anti-semitism uh you know showing like we are stronger together as one large community and we 
want allies with us and we want to be allies of others as well. Um, so yeah, I, I struggle a lot with the tension within the religion. Uh, it's something that I, I struggle with a lot and I think about a lot uh, and you know wasn't really introduced to it until like a few years ago. Uh, and especially on this page, I have people who think I'm not being religious enough. I have people saying I'm being too religious. I have people saying I'm not allowed to say something because I'm not a rabbi. And at the end of the day, you can't please everybody. And I just have to uh, be confident that what I say is, I think it, I'm doing the right thing. Wow. I know there's That's a lot. There. <laughs> no, no, that, that was beautiful. I think I think what you're doing is, is, is very powerful. Um, and I don't want you to, to run through that so much. So definitely everyone take a look at the organization she spoke of as well. Are you affiliated with them now or is that just something that you kind of research at, um, or found out about? Because I don't live in Israel, it's not something I'm necessarily affiliated with all the time, but uh, I'm more of like a follower. And when I'm supporter, in the country, okay. I'll support events for sure. Um, but it's definitely based out of Israel for now and there are supporters all over okay. the world. Yeah. That's awesome. That's that's some that's a real wonderful movement. And I think, you know, just taking that next step of saying like, okay, from this more progressive thing, it's like, you know, feminism has become a very large thing on a much larger scale from religion to politics, so much, uh, it's from all over, honestly. Um, uh, I think I spoke about how this Muslim woman is actually wearing a burqa and some NCIS show while she's like shooting an AK. It's kind of a weird image, but, um, but at the same time, we're having more progressive actresses and um, people that still practice Islam, they're not allowed to uncover their hair, whether it's you know mm -hmm. an acting job or not. So I think we're seeing a lot more religious tolerance in a lot of different spaces. Yeah. Um, but what you're saying is like, you're like, you're saying even within our own religion, there's so many sex and sectionalism that's creating uh, a lot more rifts. So mm -hmm. I think that your passion and what you're identifying, I think that you're onto a wonderful start. Not, not to say I'm here to judge anything, but I'm very inspired by what you're saying um, because Thanks. it reminds me a lot of when you started, you know, Jewish Girl Problems two years ago. Um, mm -hmm. You saw something there, you saw an identifying aspect. And I feel like this armor or these things that actually create your own foundation and strength um, have also become, you know, weapons of, of armor for other people. So. I, I just, you know, I see the vision and I, I really appreciate some of those events that you're gonna do and, you know, bring together and put all these people together via your page or, you know, maybe it's digital and Bitmoji or whatever, but I think that um, I think that it's, it's, it's wonderful to, to see that this year we're really focused on unity in a very significant way. And, um, you know, highlighting, highlighting the, the positive, which is satire, as well as, um, hinting at some of the things that people have differences in has been very interesting because you have to put yourself out there and knowing that you may be different from a lot of the um, other Jews that actually follow you, but you're putting yourself out there. And I think to encourage everyone else that's listening, um, definitely take a page out of this book and you know start something. Let's start a, a program. Um, Caleb and I have started our first TikTok, so definitely follow us on there as well. Yes, Sorry for all the, all the shameless plugs. But, uh, <laughs> Um, you know, we're just trying to get more, we're networking out. So I, um, I'm curious of, of how, how do you think the next year will be as far as, um, your, your, I think you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but, um, what do you, what do you see this like next year as far as, you know, um, progressive, 
progressions for women or women in the Jewish culture or, you know, I know it's a big question, but I know um, you would know a lot better than we would <laughs> about that particular topic. Yeah, I mean, I I don't see any, you know, one significant event that's going to be like 2021, this is going to happen. Right. Uh, right. But, you know, we're constantly making progress towards inclusion and things like that. Um, and it, it's a slow and steady race. I definitely say that for sure. And, you know, you put two Jews in a room, you have 30 opinions. So uh, <laughs> another <laughs> euphemism, but uh, th that, that definitely is something that takes up a lot of time. But uh, yeah, I think every year, you know, we become more progressive as the world does, or at least parts, uh, you know, communities for us to be progressive exist or start to exist. So um, I know that especially uh, after the murder of George Floyd, the, uh, you know, the identity of black Jews uh, felt, you know, felt very at the forefront for a lot of people. And I think it was a wake up call for uh, it, more conversations about inclusion and diversity, uh, which I'm really grateful to see happening or at least beginning to happen at this point. So I think 2021 will be a really good year for that. Uh, and I really hope to see a lot more diversity of Jewish opinion and things like that, rather than just white Ashkenazi Jewish culture. Uh, there's also uh, Sephardic Jews who come from Middle Eastern descent. Again, Ashkenazi Jews kind of come from Eastern European descent, which is you know stereotypical what you would think of like a Jew on the street or in a TV show, but uh, there's so many other ethnicities of Judaism uh, that I think really deserve the spotlight as well. So in terms of Jewish girl probs, I, I hope in the future that I can bring on people so that it's not only my opinion being expressed to such a wide audience, because I, I do admittedly feel guilty about that from time to time. Uh, so I know 2021 will be a really great year for diversity and inclusion, hopefully. Yeah, that's... I'm 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 with you on that one. <laughs> I'm with you on that one for sure. Yeah, Caleb, any questions, man? I didn't want to leave you hanging out there all day. I know I talk <laughs> too much sometimes. But... No, you're fine. I feel like most questions I had, you definitely have answered for me. So I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just been really fascinating to hear your story, to hear everything that you. Um, that you've experienced through your page, through the account and, and from what you do on a daily basis. And then also just hearing about what, with what you just said, what you're hoping for in 2021 and everything. And I think, um, I, I think we're all hoping for that um, yeah. uh, for, for the overall spectrum of things. I think we're all hoping for that because we need, we need to do better. And that's, that's that. I, I mean, that's not a, that's not a uh, a suggestion. That's not a um, a proposition. That is a declaration, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, declaration. We we need to do better. And um, it from what you have described to us, Ali, I really have just been fascinated from what uh, you have been talking about. With in and what I love about this show, what I love about the On Religion series, is the fact that we are talking, even though we've covered certain religions a few times now. It's the fact that every single time we're learning something new and we're talking to someone, someone else, yeah. someone different. And, and it's, 
it allows for, I like to say every show we get a new lens. And I say this um, with every show we meet someone new and we have a new guest on the show and they, they not only tell us about their identity, but we get to learn about their identity and we, we get to learn and create this new lens and we take that lens and it's like, you know, putting glasses on in the morning. We put those lens, those lenses on and we carry them throughout our days, throughout each day of our lives. And so now Tyreek and I have had 18 different lenses and well, Lucky 17 Jewish. going on 18. <laughs> Say that again, sorry. Lucky Jewish number, number 18. Exactly. Exactly. And we'll just a second, we'll have you talk about that, but, um, <laughs> means it's a good it's a good episode <laughs> um, but it's and it really has been it's been a great episode and we take these lenses and we we wear them and, and we allow for ourselves to to really to go about being um, inclusive and, and being diverse to, to our best ability and being able to um, realize and be awake of everything around us our surroundings and I, and I really do feel that this show has made me a better person because of it um and it's it's made me realize the change that is needed and so i appreciate you telling us everything that you've told us not only about Juda judaism and, and the culture but also telling us about yourself as well and then your story and um to kind of go in you know 18th episode a lucky episode you know, tell us a little bit more as to why number 18 is lucky uh, I wish I was smart enough to tell you exactly why the number 18 is. <laughs> no worries. Uh, but the number 18 is a Jewish lucky number because uh, when you translate the numbers to the Hebrew alphabet and then you take those two letters into the word, the Hebrew word, it means chai, which means life. Uh, so it's always been our lucky number. And like you mentioned with bar mitzvahs, we always give uh, good investments in cash. And if you're having a bar mitzvah, you tend to get cash and uh in sets of 18, $18, um, $36, whatever. Uh, so it's always been that way. And I wish I could tell you more about the background, uh, but that's pretty much all I my, uh, my uh, Demetria, right? Is that is that the, the system of numbers? Is that what it's called, Demetria? Okay, well, you guys will check that out. I've, I've definitely heard of it. It's, it's called, you take letters and they convert them to numbers and those numbers mean um, different phrases and words. Right. Yeah, it's very interesting. Very, very cool stuff. Check out Gematria calculators. You can search your name and all types of very fun stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I had a very interesting question and I don't know if we kind of tackled it because um, I wanted to kind of bring it back to home and maybe like what you're starting within your own life. So have you had any contradicting thoughts with your family members about certain religious things that you do? And the other aspect is, and this might be a bit of a jump, but I thought maybe this would be a, something that you were having a contradicting thing about, but what's your idea on Jewish marriage or Judaism in that aspect as well? Yeah, I had a feeling that was going to come up. I mean, yeah, that's the one, that's the one, <laughs> I, you know. I, I'm going to assume that my parents are watching, so shout out to my extremely supportive parents. Yeah. Um, it, there is an one of the issues that's talked about a lot within the Jewish community is Jewish marriage. Um, and I think a lot of it stems, especially after the second world war, uh, when we lost so many Jews, people were so extremely afraid of losing any, losing any more 
to intermarriage. And I put that in quotes because so many people, I know so many people in inter, uh, interfaith relationships who uh, have a very strong Jewish identity and raise uh, kids with really strong Jewish identities. So uh, that's not necessarily something that I believe in myself, but personally, what I do find is, you know, I, I have ended up with other members of my community. I'm currently dating uh, another Jewish person, but a lot of it is because we connect on this level that I talk about every day. Like I talk about Jewish school problems all the time. And it's such a huge part of my life that it, it, it just makes the flow easy. And I think, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I want in my life to raise a Jewish family. Uh, not to say that I wouldn't be able to do that with somebody else, because like I mentioned before, there's so many non-Jews who are just so curious and so accepting of the religion. Um, but it, it is a really divisive issue within the community uh, because a lot of more traditional Jewish communities uh, will not accept interfaith families or interfaith relationships. And I think that's kind of a loss for a lot of people uh, when someone's looking for a community, looking to be Jewish and not accepting them just feels counterproductive. Uh, right. And I think that uh, some of the older generations of Judaism, I should say, uh, kind of need to learn from younger communities and about how they want to live Jewish lives in the future, because it is so, so important to Jewish generations of the past that we don't lose our religion. Uh, it's a reason why, one of the reasons why we have birthright, which is a trip that uh, you're, to Israel that you are given for free for 10 days if you are Jewish. Uh, if you're above the age of 18, I think you can be 18 to 27. Uh, you're allotted this free trip to Israel to connect to your Jewish roots. Uh, and there are these huge donors behind it because they just find it so incredibly important that uh, people have this experience. Um, and I think we need to roll with the times as well. Uh, I think we need to reach young Jews where they're at, which is you know, what I try to do with my meme page. And I think a lot of Jewish professionals are like, how do you reach the young people? I've never been able to do it. And it's all about getting on their level and just um, meeting them where they're at and telling them you can practice Judaism in a way that is meaningful to you. And we're not going to shun you away uh, if you make a mistake, quote unquote, or uh, do something that not necessarily everyone else believes in. Uh, so I've always been a huge proponent of, you know, practice Judaism in the way that feels meaningful to you, uh, whether that's the utmost everything to the smallest amount, uh, it really doesn't matter. I think traditions get passed down so differently from one family to another. And as long as we still have that strong sense of community, I don't think we're going to go anywhere. So we went from Jewish marriage to a much larger conversation, but I feel like the two are always intertwined. Yeah, I mean, the larger conversation is always the, the macrocosm, the larger <laughs> to the smaller, you know, that's how, that's how we always look at it on the show. Uh, Caleb says it always comes full circle and it definitely did. As you can see, we've hit an hour mark and we've definitely come full circle about a lot of different things. Um, of identity. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and I think, I think we got into some depths here, um, you know, I, I, we could push a little more if you did want to have um, any other things that you wanted to speak about. 
I think we tackled a whole lot here and I think that we've kind of explained quite a bit. Um, I did want to kind of do the proverbial question. What makes you excited to do a post or what makes you laugh when you want to do a post? Um, just to try to explain to some people, uh, you mentioned this on the other uh, podcast as well, but I was just curious to give you that, that proverbial question. You're going to probably get this for the rest of your time um, <laughs> because you make comedy. Um, so yeah. What inspires you to laugh? What inspires you to, take this time to laugh. I think um, I think it was mentioned on the podcast that Jerry Seinfeld had made a comment about how he didn't feel comfortable to be funny in these times. So I think that um, his approach is, you know, whatever. Um, but having you as, as, um, as our platform and someone to talk to and still have someone like on the ground floor that's like, hey, I'm still experiencing this. We're still human. We're still here in 2020 and we can still laugh about it. I think that's very refreshing. Um, uh, what was my original question? I kind of got a little, <laughs> a little sidetracked there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I just think that uh, satire is like very useful. And I, I appreciate that. But what inspires you to to create these things? Is it just like a spur of the moment? Um, yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, I, I wish I was smart enough to or had enough time to have a giant schedule of everything I was ever going to post. But a lot of it is spur of the moment. Someone says something to me or my family does something funny, it sparks something or, you know, I follow Jewish comedians all over social media and they spark uh, interest or uh, conversations with them. So a lot of it is spur of the moment. And, you know, like you said, what gets me out of bed in the morning is, you know, Jews are still here and we still get to laugh about things. Uh, and I think that is what Jews have done for a really long time. And I think 2020 really needed that. I know that when quarantine started, a lot of people were like, please don't stop posting. You make my day every day. Like I look forward to all of your posts and how could I say no to that, right? right, uh, right. So it, it feels incredible to just have a community of people that look forward to work that you do. And even if it's quote unquote, just a meme, uh, it makes a difference in the lives of people every day. So uh, that makes me incredibly grateful and happy. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think I think that's it. I think we found our purpose. Um, Caleb, I really, really feel like this is our purpose <laughs> to bring all yep. these people on to continue I to agree. do what we're doing. So um yeah, I'm 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 done asking my questions. Caleb, if you wanted to ask any more. Um definitely shout out to the shirts again, everyone. We're gonna start trying to do more merch. Um I'm gonna have more people on. And definitely like, subscribe, give us some comments. I think this was a very good episode. And it's going to be even better once we have that um, kind of uh, bigger conference call with a, a bunch of other people. So we've been teasing that idea for a while. So we'd love to have you on, Ali, for that whenever we could. Um, you know, we've met some very funny Jewish people. And I, <laughs> and I feel like that's, that's so interesting that, like, uh, that's not normally, like, that's not a stereotype. And I feel like that's become more of something that I'm, I'm, I'm pushing towards. I yeah. mean, we had a, we had a whole three hour conversation with you, crazy. We, it was it was hilarious. Um, so definitely check that out, guys, if you haven't seen that episode as well. But um, yeah, it's it's we've we've loved that. Like you said, it's it seems like in in your culture, it's been very difficult to have that conversation. Some of those much more difficult conversations with the youth, um, maybe because um, your parents were just like, hey, here's how it has to be done, and this is what we're doing, and that's how they felt with their grandparents, and so on and so on. But I do think nowadays, even with the reformed and you know whatever is going on nowadays, there's a conversation happening 
um, mm -hmm. to say the least. And that's why we're here. So that's that's my identity. <laughs> the conversationalist. <laughs> <laughs> the organizer. Uh, <laughs> my identity is the organizer. Uh, it works out perfectly. Dynamic duo, as they call it. Dynamic right? duo. Right? <laughs> Well, um, I think I think that uh, wraps up the show quite nicely. Um, don't forget to go ahead and like or follow, I should say, at Jewish Girl Probs on Instagram and check out the website, Jew JewishGirlProbs.com. Um, and uh, don't forget to follow uh, our TikTok at Identity Podcast. Ooh, We're official. <laughs> don't forget Finally. to 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 do all that to to like at Jewish Girl Props on Instagram. Don't forget to check out their website by the same name.com and to go ahead and follow us on TikTok at Identity Podcast. Also like Find Your ID NYC on Facebook. Also follow us on Instagram by the same name and check out our YouTube page at The X Shows. And you can go ahead and check out the Identity Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Pandora, Amazon, Google Podcast, Spotify, whatever you name it, whatever type of podcast app, I can promise you we are on it. Uh, really cool stuff. Well, this this has been a great show. Um, it's been a lot of fun. We've laughed. We've we've really been able to to just be so insightful with with such a, a amazing amazing topic. Truly, and thank you again, Allie, for coming on to the show for just being awesome. Truly. It's been a, it's been a really fun, lucky number 18. Am I right? Right. Yeah. Right. More life. Thank more you life. Guys so much for having me. I mean, I, I love having these conversations with people because well, one, I don't see people anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and two, it's nice to dive deeper a little bit into uh, something at surface level it just seems a little uh, just comedy, but I, I really appreciate what you guys are doing and I can't wait to hear more about it. Awesome. Yeah, let's let's put that comment up from Kaylee. Um, who says that that's a fantastic way to go about squishing stereotypes. So <laughs> I, I forgot I forgot when she said it, but it was something up to that um, extent. Um, as well as um, Hala French toast was a comment. So oh, shout out oh, to that. <laughs> shout out to that. that. That's definitely how we're gonna end it off. So. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll do the thing. Um, <laughs> well, th thank you again, Ellie. It really is an honor, and we'd love to have you back on. And uh, if you want to stick around real quick, we'll, we'll just kind of wrap up some stuff after the show. But don't forget, every single week, tune into the Identity Podcast every single Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and you can check out our next episode, 12-16, December 16th, next Wednesday, whereas we continue the On Religion series, and we have – Buddhism is coming soon. We're, I'm very excited to get into uh, to get into this this religion, this culture. I, I cannot wait. It's actually one that we haven't gotten into yet, so it'll be really exciting to start that up. So it's very exciting stuff. Um, don't forget to check out the Identity Podcast on Spotify, all the podcast apps. I'm your co-host Caleb, along with my fellow and lovely co-host Tyreek. He is extra lovey today. Um, <laughs> it has been you're extra I'm, dandy. I'm extra dandy. There we go. <laughs> it has been just an absolute joy to have you on, Allie. It's it's been truly incredible. As always, thank you for listening and watching the Identity Podcast. We'll catch you next week.